For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Boy, talk about a sucky Monday if your name's Pat Fitzgerald, huh? <laughs> I mean, you're muted. You're muted. I was so thrown off by what we're being hit with the news. I forgot to unmute myself. Blake, no, absolutely. This is in, in crazy timing for right when we're about to go live. But holy crap, they moved quick on this. I thought that this was going to get dragged out with the with the news well, regarding the scandal. Yeah. And, Joe, they made a formal statement. Northwestern made a formal statement saying it wasn't true and then 24 hours later came back and fired him. So in case you missed it, in case you hadn't heard the news, Northwestern, not for you people, us people in Louisiana, not Northwestern State, not the Demons, the Wildcats of Northwestern in Illinois has fired Pat Fitzgerald after a hazing allegation, but I don't even want to, Joe, really call it an allegation at this point. I, ESPN is reporting that they have photos, text messages, mm. and a whole bunch of evidence supporting that Pat Fitzgerald was allowing players and freshmen to be hazed. Meanwhile, you went 1-11. Part of me wonders maybe that 1-11 record was that they were – starting to uncover what i'm saying that they were starting to uncover everything that was going on so the the general atmosphere in the locker room might have been really complex and a little bit uh tense if you will last year but they had no choice like you're talking about moves things started to move really quickly over the past couple of days and more outlets especially espn as you're talking about had tangible evidence tangible evidence there was no denying this anymore there was no way of denying it. There have been multiple players from multiple different uh, periods of time that have said that this was going on, and they also have evidence and pictures of some of these lists, some of these weird practices. Right, like runnaholics.com was on a whiteboard. Should have I mean, happened. Look, Should have happened sooner. We'll talk about it. I, I, I'm assuming, Joe, as this news is coming out, that they'll hire an interim probably somebody already on staff. Uh, and then th- th- we have our first coaching hire or our first, first coaching hot board. Yeah. And we haven't even touched the field yet. That is amazing. But we'll talk on Pat Fitzgerald. Also, we'll do a South Carolina deep dive. I think I'm a little higher on them than you are. I would I would assume. Probably. I think that their schedule is a little bit more favorable than some give them. But I do think that they're the third best team in the East. In the S, who? It's not don't South Carolina. K- don't say Kentucky. Kentucky's better than South Carolina. Come Kentucky on. Kentucky got absolutely beat up in the portal. Man, their offensive line is is atrocious. The, the, their offensive line's atrocious. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you they got. Well, I shouldn't say atrocious. Atrocious. Um, their South Carolina's better than Kentucky. S- South Carolina also got beat up in the portal, and we'll we'll save it for when we get into it later. But All I right. do not agree with that. Well. There's two things that you're wrong about. This is one of them. Uh, you're going to ask about the second one? What's the second one? Uh, Brian Kelly. 
Anyway, uh, well, let's, I just want to get to a couple of these. Shamichael Thompson says, man, y'all got to stop taking all this time off. Well, Joe was in Boston. Smart I'm pot. On vacation. I can't get one vacation in. Well, glad you said that. He says, you guys take no more vacation or sick days. Well, I guess it is good to tell everybody this is our last vacation. Yes, it should probably be one of the last times we take off, but season's almost here. We're going to be in the full swing of things really soon. Michael also says that you, Joe, have no more FMLA. What's FMLA? Family leave. Ah, ah, ah. I didn't know that I was given that from the That's how you know that you're young when you don't know what FMLA is. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. I haven't. (laughs) Why would that ever concern me? <laughs> well, one day, if you if the Lord blesses you, uh, you will know. So we'll talk about that. And you want to talk about Arizona and Stanford uh, doing some things in recruiting? Yeah, let's see if some of these commitments at Arizona stick long term. That's all. That that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Stanford and Arizona. Just a quick background on that: a five star commits to Arizona, multiple four stars have committed to Stanford, and they've been the unexpected movers uh, throughout the the course of uh, the 2024 class. So it, interesting to see that trajectory to very, very out of the blue schools. And we'll, you know, we'll end up diving into that because it's news when those programs are doing as well as they are. I don't know if it's out of the realm of possibility, but I think NIL plays a part in this. A five-star would not be going to Arizona without it. So Really interesting to find out and see, but Stanford's making some moves. Maybe David Shaw wasn't recruiting. Maybe David Shaw did get lazy. We'll talk about that yeah. uh, here tonight. But everybody do us a favor and hit the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages. If you're on Facebook, if you're listening to us on YouTube, don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. If you're watching us on Fubo TV, welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. Do us a favor and follow us on all of our socials. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe as well. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Pat Fitzgerald is fired. Maybe you can bet on it soon on who the next head coach in Northwestern will be over at BetOnline. Don't go anywhere. we got a lot to discuss. We're finally back. Texas still isn't. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. We're back! But Texas isn't. You said you got some trivia. I have one finally for today. So here's okay, a, so, a hold on. Let's just preface the last three okay. shows. Yes, we have been doing some trivia. Uh, Alexandra Marie, uh, one of our followers, said y'all need to keep doing that trivia. So I liked it and thought it was cool, uh, okay. and it's been a really big hit. So hit me with it. What's your college football trivia for me? I only have one for today. Uh, okay, and then you're you're back up for the next show. Which quarterback? 
in the history of college football has the most number of passes attempted in a single game. I can give you the number if it helps. Hold on. Um, what's the team? No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't really give it away. I'll tell you the number of attempts. 83. Oh, that feels like – that feels like – I remember something with Mike Leach. It's a very recognizable name, but it's not a Mike Leach quarterback, and it's also not Colt Brennan, which somebody just guessed. Was it Drew Brees? It's Drew Brees. Yeah! <laughs> Ooh, Purdue. Yes, 1998. You gave it away. You said it was recognizable, and then I instantly thought in my head, <laughs> I was like, my the man's going to give me something. So That's crazy. What game was that that he threw 83 in? Uh, wait, let me look it up. I feel like – I do feel like I remember there was like a Big Ten game where he threw for like four touchdowns and a half and threw for like 400 yards and a half. Like – it was against Wisconsin. Wisconsin. He had 55 completions for 494 yards and two touchdowns <laughs> on October 10th against Wisconsin. That is just the silliest well, passing stat of all time. Well, no wonder his many careers in New Orleans faded out the way that they did because he's throwing 83 passes, <laughs> you know, in a, in a game. That's like 150 pitches. I would feel like that's equivalent to that. No, that's more than that because he's like taking hits. He's throwing all week. True. Anyway, Colt would have been a great guess. Graham Harrell probably would have been a great guess. But when I said Mike Leach and you said no, I'm thinking of who threw the ball a lot. I'm yeah, glad unexpected. I, unexpected because you'd think it would be an air raid guy, but it's not. Well, they did run the air raid. They did a lot of the principles. Uh, so yeah, a lot of the principles that the Saints ran in the West Coast stuff. Drew talked about this. Yeah was what he ran at Purdue. Like, a lot of the stick routes, I mean, a lot of the stuff out of the backfield is a lot of um, things that you would think an air raid team would do, but it was in a West Coast type of thing, which really the West Coast offense and the – this is going to sound – A lot stupid. of similarities. There's a lot of similarities, slants, hitches, flares, you know, flat routes, a lot of stuff, but – not the same, but I think you get where I'm trying to come from. All right. Yeah. So, Joe, just a minute ago before we came on the show, Northwestern, uh, I always think about it because I'm in Louisiana, Northwestern State Demons, but and played against them. But Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald was fired. Now, in case everybody missed it, I know it was a pretty crazy weekend. There was a lot of things going on. MLB draft is going on as well. Pat Fitzgerald got accused of hazing incidents in his not only like to his players but in his administration ESPN reported or when this was reported by ESPN Northwestern came out with a statement and saying that's not true it was gr grossly misunderstood uh, understanded from players administration whatever and then Pat Fitzgerald came out with a statement and said that's not true well then this morning Adam Rittenberg from ESPN comes out and says Basically, and he tweeted this. He goes, hey, dog, not only do I have pictures, I got text messages, I have video, I have all of it. You did it. Like, your players are coming forward. You did it. You can go read the story on all the specific details, but my Jesus, man. Like, 
you are a one in eleven football team, and of all places, like if somebody came out to me today and said this was going on at the University of Alabama, I would not blink an eye. If this was happening at Michigan with Harbaugh, old school ball, I wouldn't blink an eye. Northwestern, and well, secondly, and to end this point here, yeah, like why? Like this is twenty twenty three, right? Like. We have seen how these hazing incidents go. Why? Well, the, so first of all, the funniest part about this is as you're talking about, this is supposed to be an intellectual university. This is supposed to be right. a, an academically prestigious institution. And there's the biggest group of idiots in covering it up. And then also the acts that they were doing are just weird weird shit that they were doing and we don't need to go into all that that side of things i just can never wrap my head around both of us being former players at the division one level playing at at the fcs level we know what it's like being in a locker room and i just can never understand how stuff like this comes up and it's maintained and it's something that sticks around for as long as it did at northwestern who wants to do this who thinks that this is team building how does this help a team win and on top of that how do you as a head coach allow this to go on how no do you not question. recognize that this no is going question. on and immediately put your foot down kick those well, not only the team well not only that joe how is an administration do you write it on a whiteboard joe they have their hazing incidents on a whiteboard i feel like i'm in the kappa sig house or what you know uh uh uh, uh, Delta Phi Delta. Well, I don't know the fraternities. All I know is Kappa Six. Yeah. Uh, how does that even happen, man? Like, I, I don't understand how you as an administration can have that written on a whiteboard. Secondly, from a player's perspective, from a player's perspective, how do you allow that to happen? Like, uh, is there not an offensive lineman on that team? Like, who was the kid that from Northwestern that just got drafted? Uh, Peter Skaronsky. Peter Skaronsky. You mean to tell me that that man's just going to allow this to happen? I, I will say I will say this. It's tricky that if you're a guy on the team and you're not comfortable with it, that mob mentality it can scare the crap out of you from speaking up. And luckily, luckily, Joe, there were guys that did speak up. And gone anywhere in the country – everybody would have given him massive amounts of NIL money. You know that. And that's an excuse. We saw right. the kid from no that went to Notre Dame. Who's the safety that went to Notre Dame? Uh, Brandon Joseph. He transferred to Notre Dame. Brandon Joseph literally did it. And he came out, Joe. Brandon Joseph came out and talked about, like, I just didn't like where things were going. And he hit the portal. Like, is this what Brandon? Is this what Joseph was talking about? Like it might have been. It really it might have been. been. It might have been that Pat Fitzgerald was letting kids being hazed. Him to make those comments too after he left when they had that really good 2020 season. I think during yeah, which is even weirder. But I don't know if we're ever going to discover what players were active in doing this. But I think that inevitably Pat Fitzgerald. In a way, oh, is the you're sacrificial gonna find out, buddy. You're gonna if you think Pat Fitzgerald is the first is person at the end of it. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not going to be the end of it. You, you don't think that the university is not going to try and do everything that they can to just pin it all on him and then try to not no, let any other information why? come out. 
they're not going to have a choice. Let me tell you what's about to happen. This is my uh, opinion or assumption about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Adam Rittenberg already told you he's got the emails. He's got – or not the emails. He's got the receipts. He's got the receipts. If you think – if you think and, – and not being political, mm-hmm. but historically – a left-leaning organization like ESPN is not going to make this the most Penn State-esque, Jerry Sandusky type of coverage. You are crazy. They are going to run this into the ground. Do you hear me? They're going to talk about this on college game day every week. They're going to talk about every, you know, who's the hot board. Uh, And then they're going to come back and say, after they tear down Northwestern, we saw it with Penn State. They're going to try to build them back up. That's exactly how ESPN rolls. And I hate to say that I think that everybody that's listening to this, everybody that will listen to this, Joe, they know that that's the truth. They, I don't know what's playing on ESPN. I see it right now in mm-hmm. the studio. Joe, the last four things I've seen on here has been Pat Fitzgerald. They got Pete Thamel going on there next, apparently, to, to, to talk about it. They are going to run this into the ground because it's what it's how they roll, man. One other aspect of this that I want to bring up, and we're talking about how like how messed up it is that Pat Fitzgerald allowed this to go on, and then on, on top of or on top of that, encouraged it and seemed to have been in some level facilitating the, these actions. But the thing that pisses me off the most is the handling of it by Northwestern's administration, athletic department. No doubt. The fact that there is, you're talking about the deniability, then only the two-week suspension. If an allegation like this comes out at any level, even if it's not true, there has to be an indefinite suspension until he is proven not guilty. And for them to get put in the position of having to take the extreme action of firing him after multiple reporters have come out and said, the, the student reporters, and then now an ESPN reporter, as you're talking about, stating, I've got all this information and then being scared into firing him. That is not how this should have been handled at all. And then well, I question and, if, if they knew more. I really do question if they knew more. Well, and you know what's the most ironic thing in all this? What? You know, like players getting paid, teams tampering, all this kind of stuff. I get because you're trying to win. What does hazing do? You're not winning. Joe, do you want to know fratty bullshit, dude? It's That's what weird, it is, dude. It, it really this is why is I don't like fraternities. No knock on anyone who's been in a fraternity, but like I can't get behind this crap. It's weird. I don't want to be around. Who wants well, to be around? I, two of my roommates were in fraternities. They wound up being like a president or something. I, I don't really remember what Austin was, but like they didn't haze. Okay, like they they made them play flag football year one. Like we like that was their hazing. Like you had to go out and run whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that's cool. Okay. You know what my welcome to college football moment was, Joe? Let me. You want to know what my hazing was? What is? I got a uh, at the end of practice. I kept talking about how after I came back from ACL surgery, that I was extremely hot. Like man, like this is like I feel. I don't feel well. I just kind of. I think I was dehydrated. And two of the DBs and a tight end, Luis Salpavaro. I still hate you, but. Uh, they grabbed a whole thing full, like a you know the big thing of water from the Gatorade thing, and dumped it on my head. And it was like, no, you feel better now? And it had ice in it, and yeah. that was my welcome to college football. 
Luis and I were best best friends in college. We were we did everything together. It was fine. It came from him. Okay, cool. We didn't throw hands with anybody. Nobody made me run. You know, like nobody like physically deg- uh, physically abused or degraded anything that I did. You know what? We won. If you, I will tell you this: mm-hmm. Brian Kelly, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. One thing that I think that those kinds of coaches don't play with is that kind of stuff. You more than likely could get away with, and we're seeing it at Georgia, get away with getting arrested, getting traffic tickets, selling weed before you could get away with hazing. And really and truthfully, it has nothing to do but being a bully. If it comes out that whoever this players were doing this, they should be suspended indefinitely too. Just how I feel about it. Well, how did the thing that gets complicated now is how do you handle? I and I know again this is probably massive how they're going to have to approach this, but how do you handle those that are no longer a part of the program? Do oh, they well, dig that deep in the school? You're going to have to suspend the school. I mean, Joe, it's no different than recruiting violations from from yeah. people. It's no. So wait, wait. Let me let me ask you this though, not to cut you off. Okay. Do you think that the NCAA needs to get get involved? Oh, if we, they're we, not already we shit involved. on them all the time about how they mishandle <clears throat> things. Like I, you you probably agree with me that they need to do something immediately. Well, here's what I think that they should do. They need to have. We need to find out all the details. Okay, mm-hmm. Joe. If they were making them run until they puked, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, give them some scholarship reductions, but I, yeah, I don't know. You know, like I don't know all the information, but if there's one institution that I feel strongly that will not do the right thing here, it's the NCAA. They will overpun let me tell you, they will overpunish and then reduce because those people say it's too harsh for the kids that are there now. I think to that point, I think that Charlie Baker, the new president, has now been placed in uh what the hell are you gonna do, Charlie, type of a situation. And I, I would argue that he is probably going to take the extreme because he needs to set a precedent. He needs to set a precedent that if something like this comes out, that it was going on for a long period of time and we maybe discover that the administration was also aware of it. He needs to set a precedent. And if what was done to Penn State, which is a completely different issue, completely different situation, I, I think it needs to be treated at least close to as seriously for what was being dealt with. And it, there's only, as you're talking about here, there's only going to be more information that comes out from this. Because this morning, there was also information that was come out that some of the assistant coaches were making racist comments towards players. And that hasn't been as deeply investigated. So that's a little bit more alleged. But with all this culture that's going on at this program, it seems like it's a very toxic situation that needs to be aggressively handled and dealt with by the NCAA, and he's probably going to try and set that precedent. Let me just add one little, you know how I am, one little caveat, okay? Due process does have to play out. Yes. Yes. Okay? Due process will need to, but, but, One thing I did find interesting was that the players on the team wrote a letter to the administration saying that Pat Fitzgerald 
did not have anything to do with it. So two thoughts on that. Number one, it does not matter that he did or did not know. It's like the same thing when, Joe, you and I talked a while back about um, your boy that went to New England. Now he's those – Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, like, yep. we, we had talked about people, Alabama fans, had some of them were in our chat accusing him of not recruiting at a high level at wide receiver. That still falls under Saban. Everything falls under the head coach. Wins and losses, big wins, dramatic wins, bad losses, dramatic losses – recruiting, academics, all of it falls under the head coach. You are getting paid a crap load of money to be a head coach of an institution. But number two, and the biggest thing, I don't believe for a second that he did not know. Coach Joe, a head coach knows damn near everything that goes on inside that program. Unless you're senile, you know exactly that's happening. Unless you're no hope. <laughs> all right, all right. Don't, Lou Holtz did not know everything. Don't don't, don't drag Lou Holtz into this. Don't, 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 don't Lou drag Holtz. Lou Holtz into this. Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz. Don't act like Lou Holtz didn't produce two quality programs in the SEC. Don't don't disrespect them like that. Who was uh, number one? He Arkansas and South Carolina. Arkansas sucked when he was there. He 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 was he. They were highly ranked. We're not gonna. We're not the diving down. Only reason Lou Holtz is worth a damn. Is because of guys like Terry Rice and Jerome Bettis. We're not okay. To to the By point the way, though, Jerome Bettis was two hundred and sixty pound running back dog at North at Notre Dame. How crazy! It is, is so fun to watch. So He's fun to so watch. Fun to watch. I, anyway, <laughs> I don't mean to take us down the down a rabbit rabbit okay. hole. Okay, I also I also want to bring this up though that you're talking about this letter. How stupid can you be to 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 pen this letter and write this statement to the university and whatnot to absolve? pat fitzgerald of any wrongdoing you're telling on yourself as being one of the people involved because if there's all this evidence why would you go out of your way to to connect yourself to this that was that has to be the stupidest part about this whole thing in the article i was reading that people players went out of their way to connect themselves to it by trying to stick up for their coach you know what one thing we hadn't talked about as we kind of wrap this up with pat fitzgerald yeah. Early coaching candidates. I was trying to think about that, but like who? I got one man for the job. Say something crazy. Ed Orgeron. Oh, crap. What? We, we need Coach O back in college football. What? He's not going to fit it at Northwestern. Pat Fitzgerald didn't fit at Northwestern. He coached it, or he played at Northwestern. I don't know. No, he allowed yeah. hazing at an academic institution. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed Orgeron. Oh. Higher. Ed Orgeron oh. is a way higher, better head coach oh. than Pat Fitzgerald. Way better. But I feel like Ed Orgeron fits at the places that he's been because he's a big-time motivator of guys that you know need motivation. I feel like Northwestern's like Stanford where, you know, some guys are just there for school. And I don't know if that, that works with Ed Ogeron. That's just, that's just me. You know, he played at Northwestern, by the way. Northwestern, Northwestern State. State. Northwestern State. There's a big so difference. You know what, Ed, you know what is going to happen when they tell Ed that Northwestern head coaching job is open? He's going to think like, it's Northwestern the State. The one in Louisiana. 
Another one that opened higher. Oh, higher. Oh, I'm trying to think who might else make sense. You you know, you know, I'm going to give you a wild. I'm going to give you a wild one. You ready? Yeah. Jim Leonard. I like Jim Leonard as as an option. I'm trying to think of like somebody who's been a coordinator. Mike Greenberg. Mike Greenberg. He's a Northwestern alum. The radio guy. The radio. Who who's the who's that one dork uh, who went to Northwestern who does the betting stuff? Um, I'm blanking on his name. Darren Ravel. Maybe they should hire Darren Ravel. By the way, have you seen Darren? First off, I've had one conversation in my life with Darren Ravel. It uh-huh. did not go pleasant. Number two, have you seen Darren Ravel run a forty? Uh, he might be one of the most unathletic people on this planet. Did you see his his commentary on it over the weekend? The whole but situation. That's what I was about to get to. He defended the dude, bro. Think about uh, this from Darren Ravel. He was defending Pat Fitzgerald. Meanwhile, he called Nick Saban the incarnate of Satan for letting his players play during COVID. The, the one of the biggest I can't even get the words out. He's a loser. Stinks. That is just horrible. You know horrible what horrible things he that he said. It, let me tell you what the kind of guy Darren Rovell is because uh-huh. he's kind of chubby. He's the kind of guy that gets his hand and after a hot day, swipes it underneath his belly fat and sniffs it. Uh, I, I I'm like, I, but I was completely stunned by. The fact that he defended, but let the thing play out. I get that you you went to school there and you support the program, but like let the thing play out before you connect yourself to this. Just like the players, same deal. All right, you ready to move into this North uh, South Carolina deep dive? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I do want to get to a couple comments though before we get rolling. Chris H says Northwestern should be as uh, so lucky to hire Coach O. I do agree. Uh, Daniel says hire Jim Leonard. Uh, he also says, what about Bo Pelini? I don't mind. I think Bo Pelini would be a good one because he's a he's a Midwest guy. I feel like a coordinator, uh, Al Golden, might be somebody who who makes sense. Who's the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame? Like someone like that to me would fit in a job like this. And he was previously at Miami. You know who? Um, you know how I knew that Al Golden was never going to work in Miami. Why? My man wore a shirt and tie on the sideline. Hey man, he's ready to go, man. Don't, don't he looked like he was walking into uh to substitute teach. It wasn't even like a good good fit that he had going on. Did you see the picture I just sexed you? Look at Darren Rovell, dude. Like my look at my man's belly's hanging out. And then David Mobley says, You think he stops at his belly? This guy's swamp is a swamp ass sniffer. I agree with that, dude. Uh anyway. You didn't say this. Bosch's CFP show says bro said Edo is way better than is way better than Edo. I don't. Bro said. Oh, did I accidentally say Edo is very much better than Pat Fitzgerald? Maybe I misspoke. I'm a dumbass sometimes. I misspeak sometimes. Um, rack of tits 69. <laughs> Good to see rack. Wait, so rack of tits uh, comments on everything that I tweet, and he listens to my other show. Okay. Uh, my co-host had is to block Pamela him. Recently. Anderson. It is Pamela Anderson. Okay. Every, he posts pictures of random uh, hot women in their 40s and 50s and then tags me and asks my thoughts on them. So I, I appreciate Rack of Tits. 
Okay, well, welcome to Rafino Joe Show, Racket Tits. He says, uh, I was in a fraternity. We never did that. Um, I think that's the best name for a guy that's been in a fraternity for a YouTube page that I've ever seen. Rack of Tits. Great picture, too. Great picture. All right. Let's get this deep dive. But let's talk. Let's reset. Let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline. Yep. South Carolina. I don't think we'll agree here, even though we just agreed on Pat Fitzgerald. We talked to South Carolina Gamecocks. We talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. All right, so let's talk a little South Carolina Gamecocks. Joe, I will give you the floor first. We're going to do our deep dive on them, but it needs to be said that Beamer Ball and you last year um, were all on the Gamecocks. You loved them. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. You went all out for Cockfember and Cocktober. I was in on the bit because I got to say cock a lot on the show. I was not in on South Carolina because their fans got really pissy at me because I, I crapped on their coach for being a cornball. Look, here's my thing, Blake. I, I think Beamer has been one of the more overhyped coaches in the SEC over the past couple of years. He has been propped up and pushed up way too much. He's a fine coach. He's a very average coach. I don't think he gets South Carolina to a point where – they're dominant where they're competing for the top of the sec. I certainly don't think they're at the point where they're the third best in their division. I don't think they're anywhere near that point. I think my biggest issue and my, my proof of concern for South Carolina and for Beamer this upcoming season is the amount of guys that they lost in the portal. So many of their top important players left via the portal. Marshawn Lloyd is a, was a, a budding star at running back. He's at USC. He's going to have a very good year this upcoming year. Them also losing Jordan Birch is very concerning. And there's a long laundry yeah, list of guys Jordan that they're Birch, going to lose. Man, Jordan Birch, look, let me just tell a quick story about Jordan Birch. He walked into Beamer's office and said, I'm thinking about transferring, and he told him to hit the door. He's kind of very much underperformed, just to be real with you. But anyway, But if you're South Carolina, you can't be discouraging – talented football players from sticking around you need well, to if you're a recruit you talented. can't walk into or you if you're a player you can't walk into a head coach's office demanding you know il money and then saying you're gonna leave and then he calls your bluff and you don't get anything i, I look i just think that you they the leverage is all there for the players these days it i agree is. but continue on some of the pieces that they have leaving they also lost three of their best players through the draft. Speaking of Zach Pickens, who is a former five-star recruit, right. they lost Darius Rush and Cam Smith, who are all going to have very uh, talented and uh, eye-popping NFL careers. I think they can be very um, 
very quality players on on multiple rosters. Replacing OC, replacing an OC. I also here's my biggest problem, Blake. I don't trust Spencer Rattler. I don't. The guy has a couple good games a year, and then he'll shit the bed the rest of the season. And all we do because he, he was a big name recruit and he was on the QB one show, and his name has been everywhere. We give him credit when he has the highlight plays and the good box scores. But when he has mistakes, we, we kind of just ignore it. We don't really acknowledge it. We don't dive into it. The guy's not a good quarterback. He's very hot and cold. Nothing's going to change this upcoming season. He has been one of the most overhyped players in the SEC, and I'm tired of talking about him. This team is not better than six wins at the maximum. They're not better than Texas A&M. They're not better than Kentucky. And I am concerned that they can probably not even beat Florida. Well, first off, calm down on the Florida. First off, calm down. Okay. By the way, can you name these two quarterbacks? Name these two quarterbacks. Quick uh, side note. Mm -hmm. Which quarterback had 2,500 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions? Which quarterback had 17 passing touchdowns and 10 interceptions with 2,300 yards passing last year? The 2,500 yards is probably Spencer Rattler, and is the other one Jaden Daniels? Graham Mertz had 2,500, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Peyton Thorne was oh. the one with 17 touchdowns. So a lot of people poo-pooing on Graham Mertz, but just throwing that out there. Maybe he's not as bad as some people think that he is. Let me see. See now, that I got, I got, I, I, I got you on that one. Here's my thing to every. This was my thought the whole time that you were saying about South Carolina. Everything you were saying. What are you expecting from them? Six wins. Okay, let me back up. What is the real? Not yours, maybe, but what is the real expectation for South Carolina this year? Because if it's eight wins, Joe, they're going to get there. It's not it. They're the realistic. I, I think the realistic no number, not my projection. Seven wins is a realistic number for them. Well, that's what their plus minus is, and Vegas is around that seven number. I think they get over it. You got to remember something now. I agree with you on a lot of the departures. I I cannot defend that. They had a lot. Joe, they got a lot of returning defensive pieces, though. A lot of guys that had action. A lot of guys that had impact. That had impact. I know that Clemson's going to be different. I think that's an instant loss. I also think that A&M is an instant loss. I also think Tennessee is going to be out for revenge. I also think Georgia is an instant loss. I think that the, I think that maybe in a swing game with A&M. I just think that they're an eight-win team. I think that they're better physically and better coached than Kentucky. I think they have more talent and better coached than Mississippi State. I think they have more talent and better coaching than Florida. You're going to have to convince me that they're not the third-best team, though, in the, in, the, in the East because Kentucky's not selling anything for me right now. They're not. Kentucky's not that good up front. They got a lot of repeat. The five-star guys that they recruited are gone. Will Levis isn't it there anymore. And I know you got uh, Leary, but look, man, they're going to be the same old, same old. The thing that concerns me mm -hmm. is how do they progress on offense? They got a new OC. 
But I just think that they have a lot of weapons. Joe, they have, I'm just counting out loud, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven guys, Joe, are returning on this defense that are juniors and seniors, majority of them seniors, and you know how I feel about experience returning. They got a new tight end in Trey Knox. Okay. They got Sidney Fugger. Sidney Fugger, which is my favorite offensive line name, probably in college football because I get to say Fugger. Okay. <laughs> but Spencer Fugger is there. He's going to be pretty decent. I think that he starts at right tackle. They're not as bad as people think that they are. Now, they, now, did, did they lose the pieces to possibly compete for any kind of chance that they had? For second with Tennessee, yes. Those players walked out the door. Yes. A lot of that core nucleus is returning, though, my guy. And when you have a core nucleus returning. I will add this, that I do like Antoine Wells, former JMU receiver, transferred into the program. He's a dude, man. Really good receiver. He actually, with a not a lot of – a scarcity of talent at the wide receiver position returning in the SEC this upcoming season, there's a lot of – Who's the next up? Antoine Wells is one of the biggest names coming back. He is set up to have a good season. But here, here's another reason why I, I have some legitimate concern. There are multiple games last year where their offense disappeared. I they, The games that they won, they were explosive. They scored 63 points on Tennessee. Like That's a massive game. But the games that they lost, their offense didn't even show up. And I'm pointing at the game that they played against Georgia where they only scored seven points. I point at the game against Kentucky where they only scored 24. They won that game, but they only scored 24 points. They only scored 10 against Missouri. They they only scored six against Florida. Florida, the team that we crap on on this show and that we think is going to be in for a, a long haul this upcoming season. Where did they get better on the offensive side of the football that that is going to change? They're definitely deeper up front. They're one thousand percent deeper up front. So I don't when mind I look, their offensive line, I will well, admit. They got that. Jackson Hughes that can play at left tackle. The seniors transfer. They got Marky Anderson, the really good freshman. Uh, they got um, uh, uh, what's the kid's name? Starts with a G, but uh, last name starts with a D. I think it's Nick or uh, Jergilio. Like they got a lot deeper and better along the offensive line. Now my question would be for them. What's Juju McDowell going to do? You got Mario Anderson coming in. You had the freshman in Braswell, okay? I think that they're just going to be a tough team. Now, Here, I I know that this is going to be very crazy, but if they go out there week one against North Carolina and Drake May and upset them? What do you want to bet? What do you want to bet? Because they're not beating North Carolina. They're not beating North Carolina. I don't see a why would I bet you hit your head when I can take the three and a half? That's a good point. So you're saying that they cover? No, I think that they can win. I'm not, I don't have confidence that they win, but I think that they can. I again here here's where I, I I have just so many issues, and it all keeps coming down to them offensively. If they're pitted in a situation where they have to go shot for shot with somebody, are they going to be able to do it? Are you convinced that that Gene Chizik can stop a bloody nose with a tampon? 
I think that he can slow down one receiver so and an inconsistent quarterback who shits Patterson. his pants. They can't. They can't slide down. They can't slow they, down Tulane. They can't slow. Joe, it, defensively, okay. North Carolina is a train wreck. It doesn't take much to make Spencer Rattler shit his pants. It doesn't take much. I, you know what? One of my best examples here is the way that they played against Notre Dame before they lost a bunch of these guys. They were handed a game that. They were handed a, a victory with the way that Tyler Buckner played in that football game. Notre Dame should not have won that game. That had to have been one of the most frustrating games that I have watched as a Notre Dame fan, but also been happy with the end result. That has never happened. I have never watched a team turn over the ball in critical situations the amount of times that Notre Dame did and still won the football game. I, and what do you point, point at the blame there? Is that is that an offensive coordinator issue? Is that a quarterback issue? Is the it an offensive weapon point, issue? The, and look, Texas fans are about to kill me on this. When then do they not? Your, well, what is your excuse for Texas then? Because the same argument that you just made for about North uh, South Carolina, I can make the same argument against Texas against Washington last year. That's a good point. I'm not really that optimistic about Texas. Well, I'm just saying, like, it, wait, wait, but wait, but Texas added went and added players. In this offseason. And they're also they adding players guys to over- USC, but Steve Sarkeesian still showed up to work drunk. <laughs> what, does that have to do? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? No, because but it, 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 well, Texas got better this offseason. South Carolina did not. I do agree. I do. I will agree this. I, if there's any team in the SEC that I think could have a really good year or a really crappy one, I do think it's them. I, I th- look. I I'm going to tell you. I know that you don't like Beamer. Like I, I get it, Joe. We got to we got to remember where they came from. Now we got to remember where they came from. They go from six wins to eight wins to. I, I mean, yeah, maybe Jaheim Bell leaving, but I think I think McDowell is a good running back. I think they got weapons. And look, at some point, Spencer Rattler, I mean, I get what you're saying. He did have a good game against Notre Dame. He did have a good game against Tennessee. He did have a good game relatively against Clemson. Joe, can he stay hot? Because if you get that Spencer Rattler, I'm going to tell you right now, they're taking down North Carolina. Like, so so now I have, and see, this is the one thing that I do hate about quarterback play from people. The only thing. Is Joe, he's only got a handful of, I say a handful, but he's got roughly 20 starts under his belt, right? Roughly 20. The last three of those, my man was out there balling, shot calling 20 inch blades, only in Paula getting laid tonight. At what point do you say maybe that he's turned an edge? Because I got a three game sample size. I will concede that. I will concede that if, if, we get that that's been surrounded. They're going to take down Kentucky. They're going to take down North Carolina. They're going to take down Florida. I, I do think that they lose to AM. I can't come out here and say yes. I think A&M, I, I can't do that. I do think they lose to AM. I think they lose to Tennessee and Georgia. But Joe, that makes them a nine and three, eight and four team. If that Spencer Rattler shows up, eight they're nine going wins eight four is attainable. Absolutely attainable. But no that's question. But that's my my problem is, is that and it, we kind of do the same. We've done the same thing a little bit with Joe Milton, where 
we've talked about like, wow, like if we get all of his talent to show up on the field, the ceiling is Are so high for this team. Are you 1,000% convinced that they're the second best team in the East? Are you that convinced? Who, Tennessee? Yeah. They're better coached. I know that, that Josh Hype, and they've got better receivers. I know that Josh Heupel is – and better running backs. I know that – and a better you're, offensive you're line. You gave me everything offense. You didn't say one thing about their defense, not one. Defense, there are going to be some concerns. If you're going to make an argument about that game, I can make the argument that Tennessee got shut out at times against South Carolina. Tennessee looked really good in their last game against Clemson. South Carolina did not look good in their last game against Notre Dame. No, but they Against both, a quarterback who can't throw a water. No, but they did beat Clemson. My point here, bowl again, games, what I was, are we waiting? Like, how much are we waiting in that bowl game? I think the bowl game is important to weigh because that's the last sample size that we have. And we got Joe Milton mm-hmm. played in that game for Clemson. And and again, you, you can't beat a team that was more offensively equipped. You can't beat that team that turns the ball over three plus times. That's problematic. That's concerning. That's where I can't buy in because I don't know which Spencer – because Spencer Rattler didn't play that great in that game. He played very average. The same Spencer Rattler that showed up every he other week during the season. He played better than he had been. Yes and no. But he took a step backward, though. Separate – when he – we got he didn't the Tennessee the, – He did not fumble the football on the 10-yard line for Notre Dame to get it back and lose the game. He, he threw a pick, though, and he only threw for, what was it, 240 and change-ish? Yeah. Like that's a – that's not the Spencer Rattler that they that Spencer Rattler can't show up against Kentucky against Texas A&M and I'm so far out in Kentucky I'm so far out right now I can't wait to do that deep dive yeah I'm out I'm out if you can't win with Will Levis I don't think they can win I don't want to I don't want to dive down the Kentucky because <laughs> that's actually a really good that's a really interesting talking point that i i really want to go go down that rabbit if hole because they, i'm just going to tell you right now if you think they can win they can't if they can't win with will levis what gives me the confidence that they're going to do it with leary by the way leary couldn't do it at nc state uh he got banged up right when he was kind of will getting... levis didn't he came well, over to the sidelines with his throwing yeah. hand and his middle finger was pointed this way. Like, if this was attached, my dude had two broken fingers, and everybody's like, how does he still throw the ball the way that he does? And y'all papooed on the man. I want to table this for when we do the Kentucky deep dive. Let's do that on Wednesday. Because I want to bring up the point that sometimes when you have a quarterback of his talent that can't really play up to the level and is is trying too hard at times, it could be a detriment compared to having a more average quarterback. One I think Leary is more average. Well, the one, the last thing I'm going to say, and I kind of hinted around this the whole time uh-huh. in that whole game, they lost a lot of players before they could add some. Yes. Yes. So they had guys that were out and could not replenish it with nothing but freshmen and inexperienced dudes. You talked about this in my last point. Like, Eddie Lewis is kind of a big deal. Like yeah. the transfer slot wide receiver is kind of a big deal for them. We'll see. All right. Very quickly, you want to talk on this Stanford, Arizona thing? Yeah, let's get to it before we wrap. All right. Have at it. So over the uh, the weekend, Blake, and over the holiday, we had some pretty exciting news in the in the recruiting circuit. And 
I have really dove into following recruiting the past year or so, and I think it's really important for understanding what programs can be up and coming. Arizona did something that was very unthinkable. They pulled a five-star Elijah Rushing, who is the number eight prospect uh, on 247's board right now. He lives five miles from Arizona. He is committed as of right now. He's got a brother that's on the team. Jed Fish pulls off a pretty big, you know, hauls in a pretty big fish here for, uh, for Arizona. Now, on the flip side of things, another Pac-12 team was, has been making some moves and some massive waves compared to just one player. That being Stanford. New head coach Troy Taylor, who came from Sac State, put up some massively productive offenses in his time at Sacramento State. He shows up. He goes and gets four four-star recruits for the 2024 cycle. And I think the more notable players that he adds is getting Emmett Mosley, the wide receiver, but especially a modern-day quarterback, Elijah Brown. We know that Stanford can go and recruit good quarterbacks. But I think what gets really intriguing here is the fact that Stanford has a guy who has a track record of getting players who can put up gaudy passing statistics and he knows how to coach offense. I think out of these two, Blake, out of these two schools, if we were to pinpoint which one of these can sustainably do this, it's Stanford. Stanford. Arizona was off of a win because the kid lived nearby. And I don't even know if the kid stays committed. We saw Keon Keeley, who was the top-rated edge rusher, change his mind. Shit will happen potentially in this situation. I even tweeted that. Stanford, on the other hand, man, there is nowhere else for them to go but up. They can be on the same level as Notre Dame in my eyes. Well, I don't think that they will stay at 13. So currently they're ranked 13th in recruiting, right? Yes. I don't think they'll stay there because, like, Alabama's in the 20s. Okay, Alabama's not going to be there. Um, but if they were to get in the top 20 in recruiting, it's a massive win for them. It's a massive win. It's also a massively bad look for David Shaw because it seems like he just stopped recruiting. And I think Stanford is a place that if you got the right head coach, a.k.a. Troy Taylor, you could make something happen. They are doing some really good things in recruiting. You got to give them that. And it's not just in one specific area. Like they went all the way to Connecticut, got Benedict Amu, the defensive lineman. They went to Florida and got Dylan Stevenson, the edge rusher. They also went and got Emmett Mosley, the receiver. Now, Emmanuel Ross is also a guy from Jersey. None of these kids are committed, but, you know, Chris Davis is a guy that I think about uh, a little running back from picking you in Mississippi that I like a lot. Hmm. Can he hold on to those? I think maybe he will, but I agree with you. I think he's done a, a pretty good job so far. Yeah, to have early success is really important for taking that next step as a coach. And one of the things that was brought up in the NIL era and in the transfer portal era, everyone has talked about how Stanford can now never succeed. They can never be productive. They can never you know, be a dominant team in the Pac-12 again. And I think that Troy Taylor is already showing there shouldn't be concerns about recruiting. There is a, a sellable, attainable goal here that they can run the Pac-12, that they can be one of the best teams in the Pac-12, and that they can go in shot for shot with a team like Notre Dame that recruits all of the top academically-minded athletes that are out there and available. I think that what is, to your point, though, you brought up the whole David Shaw thing. I think it really is very telling that David Shaw got lazy at the end. I, I think he did. I, I watched a good amount of film on their tight end, Benjamin Urasek, and they did not use that kid correctly at all. The, the guy is one of the best athletes at the tight end position in the country, is going to be one of the most productive tight ends this year in 2023, and they were barely getting him the football. 
The, the kid has so much potential. They were running an offense that was built for the 1990s. So I, I blame David Shaw for that. They could have taken down uh, if I'm – or did they? I, for, I think say. they had – huh? Were you gonna, are you going to say that they beat Notre Dame? Is that what that – Oh, no, about? I forgot about that. Thank you. Uh, but they did do that, but we'll see, man. We'll see. I'm not I'm not sold on them yet. I think Troy Taylor's got some work he needs to do. All right. Yeah. We are back Wednesday. Good to be back with yes. you, Joe Fitzgerald. You Rudy Pooh. You freaking Rudy Pooh. You shouldn't have let kids get hazed. What an idiot. Dumbass. Like, let me tell you this. If my if my kid got hazed by somebody, I'm gonna punch them in the nose. <laughs> Your kid or the, the person hazing. I, well, I'm gonna hit them with a wood King Griffey Jr. baseball bat. Don't hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> I don't know. Ben's already lifting weights. We have him on a very right. uh, baby Gronk. Which by the way, baby Gronk's dad, invitation still open, you're a loser. We'll see you guys Wednesday. <laughs> Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.